top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Welcome back to Top Bins, the show bringing you all the action from the Premier League in Syria. I'm your host, Matt, joined by my co-host, Dom. Dom, you are a, a year older, a year wiser, I think, uh, yeah. since the last time we spoke. Um, I looked this up before the show because I, I wanted to, you know, everyone, everyone has like a birthday twin and stuff like that. Dom, would you like to know which oh, no. soccer player? It's, it's a pretty decent one. Uh, which soccer player you have a, a a shared birthday with? A shared birthday? Yeah. I will give you a hint. Can, can yeah? Can you give me a hint? I will give you. I'll give you. I'll give you. I will give you the clubs that this man has played for. He's played for Liverpool. He's played for Bayern Munich. He has played for uh, Stoke City. He has played for FC Basel. This is all at the top of my head, and he is currently playing, I believe, still for. Chicago Fire. For Chicago Fire. So this this is a veteran, obviously. He's he's a journeyman. He's been to a lot I could, of clubs. I could give you one final hint, and if you don't get it off this one, I you know we'll see. But uh, Smith is also known for having extremely extremely well built legs. Really, an entirely well built body. What the heck? Nicknamed. No, well, the power cube. Jordan Shakiri, Dom. I forgot that he, he he plays in the MLS now, to be honest I don't, with you. I don't know if he's still with Chicago, actually. I, I didn't uh <laughs> didn't fact Pretty check. Good. I was just just going off the top of my head. Uh you know what? You said FC Basel and Liverpool, I should have realized that. But really it's one, him and him and Salah. That's I was like, nah, Byron it's not him. And then I did I completely overlooked it. Byron is so happy birthday to you and uh Jordan Shakiri. Oh uh, nice. Two, you know, two kings. It's kind of weird because although I'm, I, I am 29, I'm in my 30th year on this earth, if you think about it. So it's like, yeah. oh. This is your age 30 season. <laughs> yeah. Great. Love it. Hey, man. I, you know, everything I hear about the, the 30s is great. You always yell at me when I say that. Dom's, yes. Dom's lovely fiance chiming in. Hey, you know nothing she's, wrong. She's not wrong. thirty because we all we all make it there. Uh, most of us, at least. Um, yeah, you're right. Some of us have been in our thirtieth year for a while now. <laughs> See, you can't get that kind of content anywhere else, man. You, you, you really can't. You really can't. Um, let's let's start in England this week. We'll start with the uh, Arsenal three, Liverpool two. Uh, not my favorite, not my favorite game. Say that much. <laughs> um, didn't have a great time. 
and just kind of continues what has been a, a really disappointing start to the season for Liverpool. I think one of the few things to, I guess, take away as a positive is that Liverpool stuck with their change in formation, sticking with the four two three one. Um, I do think that helped offensively in this game a little bit. Uh, definitely had some some better moments than we've seen, but still defensively, this team has just struggled a lot. And Arsenal have obviously been a, a pretty good attacking team so far this season. But one thing I, I noticed too is like strikers a lot were getting pushed to to drop really deep for Liverpool. You know, if you look at like the heat maps for this game, there's like a big empty circle where normally a, a Liverpool player might be occupying that space or, or, or pressing the back line. And it just wasn't there as much. Um, you know, I, I think for Arsenal too, this is, this is a continuation of just a lot of the, the good performances that we've, we've seen from them to start this season. And um, I think if you want to like, you can take this to the extreme and say that this means Arsenal are, are going to win the league, uh, which if that's if that's what you want to make of it, fine. You know that that's cool. I, I think that's that might still be a little extended, but um, it is a big win because you know this has typically been a, a fixture, you know that that has given Arsenal trouble over the last few seasons, and I mean it's given a lot of teams trouble. That's that's not exclusive to them, but um, you know the the few times that Liverpool have dropped points has, has typically been like a way to the Emirates. It has not been a a, a hospital place for them even at their best. Um, so Arsenal have, have kind of that in their, their back pockets. They have definitely the, the energy in the stadium is back. You can feel that. It was certainly, you know, one of the best atmospheres I can remember watching for a Liverpool Arsenal game away in, in a few years. Um, and yeah, I, I just think um, not without controversy, of course, because there, there's controversy about everything, but um, the first goal for Arsenal due to a like weird, loophole could not be reviewed because of the Hawkeye technology, which also famously uh, allowed Aston Villa to not get relegated in the, uh, was that the COVID year when the goal was scored, the ball went in the net, but they couldn't for whatever reason detect it. Um, and that ended up being very much the difference between uh, relegation that year. So not the first time, but not as like high profile, perhaps not as uh, deep of meaning uh, as that situation was, but not great that we're having these these VAR issues yet again. Um, but yeah, it's individual mistakes from Liverpool again defensively, which is the problem that midfield, I can't say it enough, just desperately, desperately needs to be overhauled here. Yeah, it's almost uh, poetic with the game tied. You know, Bukayo Saka set, steps up and, and, and slots home a penalty uh, after all he's been through with, with the Euros and all that. So nice from Arsenal. Um I know that you were talking about Liverpool's struggle in a new uh, formation, and I'm looking at like, like the heat maps of like dribbles and total shots. Like, there's only two players on Liverpool that are really taking on players on in the dribble, and like, there's a lot more on Arsenal. The the shots are spread out, the tackles are spread out, the aerials are being won by more players. So like, you know, Arsenal Arsenal have shown themselves to be a strong team. Um, I think this four two three one will help for you guys though. Uh, it looks like the team fits it. It's well, it, just, it, you know, it's, it seems like growing pains, you know? I think it's, again, it's it's having to find, like, square pegs for round holes or vice versa, where it's like, Steam is, like, constantly kind of having to just come up with new ideas rather than have, like, new players. So, you know, really, Nunez is the only, like, first-team player that you're, you're introducing into a team that really needed some, at least, like, two or three more, at least, like, more rotational players, maybe not out-and-out starters, but... 
Um, I mean, you're just seeing that. I think that's what this team is paying for, that they, they haven't refreshed the squad. You know, you, you look yeah. at this this starting 11, and, um, you know, like eight out of these players have, have been here now for regular starters for like four years. That's not common. You know, they, even when we were growing up, that wasn't a common thing, you know, where you didn't have as much transfer spending and stuff. Like, um, Liverpool have made some signings, but, again, you just look at the, the rest of the league and the writing is on the wall. When you're being outspent by that rate, you cannot spend money and still be competitive, and, and Liverpool have done that. Uh, they haven't spent a lot of money. They spent mm-hmm. a decent amount in wages, of course, but um, this is where it goes wrong. I think, too, what I've seen this year, too, is that when Mosala was at his absolute best last season, you know, like those first three months of the season, that was when Harvey Elliott and Alexander Arnold and then Elliott gets injured in that Leeds game. But um, when those two were playing and you had a lot of interplay between those three, you haven't mm-hmm. had that this year. Like Trent has not had like the offensive, you know, uh, influence that, that we're used to seeing from him that does make up for some of his deficiencies on the defensive end because he does have some deficiencies on the defensive end. But again, when he can pass the way that he can, when he can create the way he can, you live with that and, and you work around it. Um, when that's not happening, I, I think that's been an issue this season. And yeah, I mean, injuries again, <laughs> Joel Matip out, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold out uh, for, for two weeks. Uh, Luis Diaz out until after the World Cup. Jeez, um, man. So great. <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> it's it's tough. Uh, it, it just is what it is. For Arsenal, though, I, again, stay top of the table. Um, you look at a lot of like the underlying numbers and, uh, you know, they're, they're still doing very well, outperforming a little bit. We'll see, you know, if there's any regression to that, but it's another big test pass. I mean, you know, they, they beat Spurs. Um, this was a tough game. I think a team of like less character, you know, than what this Arsenal team shows probably finds a way to lose this game or it ends in a draw. Um, I think Arsenal teams maybe in the last two years, a little bit more immaturity, you know, it doesn't see this game out and, I think that that's a big step forward for them. I, I think you have to say that. So um, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I, I'm really pleased with this result. I think this is like the culmination of, of a lot of good work uh, by Arteta and, and by the club and by the players. I, I think this is like, I don't want to call it a statement win. I don't know that that's like fair. I think if anything more like the Spurs game might be like more like a statement win, but mm-hmm. um, it's like a good monkey to get off your back, I think would be uh, the, the, the way that I would I would frame it, or at least the way I would think about it. Uh, and this is all being done amidst those comments made by uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang too about Mikel Arteta and how he can't handle big personalities and and all this other stuff. And he seems to be doing just fine this season. Um, the, I will say it's always easier to handle the big personalities when you're winning. You know, like it. it ask Brendan Rodgers. I think you know when the when the the. The wind is blowing comfortably at your back. It's very yeah, easy to be, it, you know, a, a really great guy. aside from like one player though, two players in their starting lineup. It's 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 the same team as last year. Yeah, definitely, definitely some like uh, consistency from last season. But I think too, like they are. I don't mean this to mean them, especially after like they win a game like this, they're top of the table. I would not say they have like a star on this team. You know, they certainly have players that probably by the end of the season will think about that way. But even like Saka, Odegaard, Saliba, you know, kind of like the the big players that you have here, uh, Jesus, like they're like they are very good Premier League players, but they are not on like you know some of the other top players that we have. They still um, haven't proven their name like that yet. Right. And, uh, you know, again, that probably changes after the end, uh, end of this season. You know, we, we think about them. I always think of like who's going in the graphic 
maybe that's a lame way to think about it, but who's going in like the graphic and it's like Mosala, Kevin De Bruyne, now Erling Holland, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, do they really have someone in that atmosphere right now? I'm not totally sure. Uh, but again, after this year, that probably changes. <laughs> I think that Odegaard could take that step. Yeah, I think Gabriel I, Jesus. If he, any any one of Odegaard, season. Jesus, and Saka are, are, are those guys for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, good win by them. Uh, let's move on to Bournemouth 2, Leicester City 1. Bournemouth, since changing managers, had a good stretch of five games now. Um, and I think the reason I really want to talk about this game is because it's sort of like branching paths here where Bournemouth have made the decision to move on from their manager and it has worked out for them. And Leicester are continuing to stick with Brendan Rodgers and it is not working out for them. Uh, they beat Nottingham Forest for in the last week. That was a good result. But, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing again just this team like individual errors being punished or and sometimes not being punished, getting away with it. But defensively, this team's still not good enough. Um, and I, I just, I, it feels like they've just been circling the drain this entire season with, with Brendan Rodgers. And I, 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 I really, it just, this game summed up that feeling for me. It's like, yeah, like it sucks. It sucks when you're moving on from a manager. It sucks because in a way you kind of have to admit that you were wrong in a sense or that, that, that you maybe didn't make the smartest move in, in keeping this guy along. But, um, Bournemouth are showing, you know, five games, you know, of good results now and have gotten themselves out of the relegation zone. And, you know, I think they were a, pretty much a consensus pick no matter where you look to get relegated this year. And they still might, of course, but, um, you know, the, these are the types of, you know, good like runs in form that keep you up in the Premier League. And I, I think it's a good case study in that, you know what, sometimes getting a new manager in helps. And I think Leicester could, could take some note from that, just in my opinion. They definitely could. I definitely agree with you with that. Hey, your boy uh, Dominic Solanke getting a uh, getting an assist in this game. Well, I'll tell you who my getting real boy the, is. Setting up the winning goal. I'll tell you who the real boy is. It's Pats and Daka, who I have been banging the table to get more minutes for over the last two seasons. Finally, starting to get it a little bit this year. Here's here's the Daka ganda that I got going on here. Um, goals per ninety. 0.81. That's not a bad number. Now, he hasn't played a lot this this year. Cards on the table. He's only played 334 minutes. He only started three games. Okay? So, you know what? I'm going to just, again, cards on the table. I'm not hiding anything. However, you would say Gabriel Jesus has had a good season so far, right, Tom? I think that's fair. It's say fair. He's, you know, he's the, the, the number nine for the team top of the table. Goals per 90. 0. 0.58. Oh, that's interesting. Harry Kane, celebrated striker. I mean, just one of the, the best of all time. And, you know, just a guy we all love. Well, not we all. Some of us love. Great goal scorer. 0.90 goals per 90. Huh. Just just a little better than Pat Sindaka so far this season. What about Kareem Benzema? Consensus oh Balloon d'Or winner. Surely. Surely he must be performing very well. And surely if someone is performing better than him at goals per night, I mean, yeah, maybe that's something you want to think about. Kareem Benzema, 0.60 goals per 90. Pat Sintaga, 0.81. I don't know. I don't know. What's Robert Lewandowski? 
I'm glad you asked, Dom, because he's also on my list. I compare that's if you can okay, I will tell you Lewandowski, and then I want you to guess who the other striker I compared him to. Robert Lewandowski's at 1.29 goals per night. So yeah, a little <laughs> a little better. Who knew? Who knew Robert Lewandowski? I don't know if you heard of this with Lewandowski guy. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good goal scorer. I don't know if you heard of it. All right, who's the other guy I compared him to? It's it's kind of obvious because he's like the litmus test for like great goal scoring. Almost an unfair person to compare anyone else to from this season. From this season? That is right in front of you. I'm doing bad at these today, man. You can do this. I totally believe in you. It's right in front of you. Who has been the goal scoring machine this year? Oh, Erling Holland. There you go. Uh, Erling Holland, one point eight goals per ninety, which That's is just so stupid. stupid. Sick, sick. Um, Wait, yeah. So, do you think that his numbers are inflated though, Pats and Daka? Just because you're saying that he, you, you've been wanting him to play more minutes. The okay, point of that he, exercise. He's not playing too many minutes. The point of that exercise was not to say Pat Sendaka is better than Benzema or, or Jesus and almost as good as Harry Kane, which, I mean, if some people are saying that, then that's what the – no. Because <laughs> Pat Sendaka is, is in some ways still a limited player. He's not um, He's not perfect. I'm not, I'm not going not gonna to say that. But this is a guy – he's only 24 still. Like on, on the younger side, like still has like room to grow. He's a, a year younger than Jesus, right? Like he – has shown in the past like an ability to be like a good effective goal scorer. Yes. He's very efficient too. He only has seven shots on target, three goals from that. Like that's those are good numbers. I have wanted him to get more time for two years now at Leicester. And I think again, it's a small sample size. I'm not trying to make a team like look how I'm not trying to cherry pick here, but I'm just saying I, I think that this is a guy that can honestly like you give him like Jamie Vardy's like true role here, and I think you I think you kind of have to just like bite the bite the bullet a little bit and start like developing guys like this because you may not if you don't maybe you don't get DACA like next season because maybe if you get relegated like I just think you you have to trust this guy and you have to start putting some faith in him. He has shown a good goal scoring threat every time I've seen him play. I think if you get him just like consistent time, I, I really think this is a guy that you can. I, I think the only thing he doesn't do well is build up play, but Jamie Vardy's not like the most skilled build up play guy. And that's why you have like good midfield surrounding him. That's why you have good wingers surrounding him, in theory, at least at Leicester. So, Pats and Daka, just get the guy more minutes, please, just just to shut me up at least, so we don't have to don't have to to play that game anymore. That was absolutely ridiculous from you. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. Well, hey man, <laughs> he said he said this name, this name, this name. Yeah, what about Lewandowski? Oh, 1.2. All right. <laughs> we will we will get to Mr. Mr. Bobbert later in the show. Um we will we will talk about the the TikTok star formerly known as <laughs> Barcelona striker. Um let's move to Italy uh first though. Udinese 2 Atalanta 2. Probably the game of the weekend even even coming into it and it it delivered fully. Um Adam Lukman getting the weirdest yellow card I think I've ever seen in my life for doing his like trademark celebration where he does like the goggles over his eyes because his last name is Lookman. I I don't know. Uh beats beats the hell out of me. Um Udinese come from 2-0 down to uh get a point at least to stay uh near the top of the table in Syria. Atalanta, another good showing uh, offensively too. Lose Muriel's pass to uh <laughs> to Lookman for their first goal is like 
disgusting. Uh, I, I meant to clip it and share it with the good people because I don't know how many people get the chance to see it, but just a, unreal. They like pause right now and go like take a look at it because just it's. <laughs> It's stupid. I, it's Tony Cruz esque. It is. It is Kevin De Bruyne esque. Like it's just, I he breaks so many lines with that pass and puts it on on a beautiful platter for for Lookman to tuck home. I don't know what more is the story here. I I think Udinese and the fact that they've they've shown this resilience a lot this season, despite like the you know some bad circumstances to fight back and and kind of reclaim some points we've seen them turn uh zero points into three a few times this season we've especially seen them in like extra time this year um i don't i don't know what to make for them because part of me wants to call them fluky part of me also sees them continually like doing this stuff and and they scored two goals against atalanta which by the way uh atalanta coming in this game would only continue to three goals all season so far uh which you heard me correctly atalanta mm-hmm. you know a team that we have not typically associated with like stringent defense um you know Udinese I think have to be taken and I think you've been right on this and that they have to be taken a little more seriously this year again we'll see if they mm-hmm. fade out but uh they've performed really strong and this was this was a great game I loved it um it, it was this this these two teams I think it's like 31 goals in their last five coming into this game between like it has typically been a, a high scoring affair it didn't disappoint in terms of drama I I'm going to say it again, right? Udinese is showing time and time again why they should be taken seriously. They've got guys that are very consistent players for the most part. Uh, Beto and Delefeu up top, right? Isaac Success off the bench. Um, Roberto Perea. You know, it's, it's – they've got veteran Serie A players – They've got a nice mix of, of role players and, and they just play a good game. They have good, good game plans when they come in and, and they know how to chip away at teams and, and they're not doing it in an, in an ugly way. They're very fun to watch. And there's a reason why they're one of the top four teams in the league. Atalanta, it's always a strong showing. Luis Muriel is, is, is that guy for them. You know, I've, I've been a fan of his for, for a long time. Getting it done against his former club too. Uh, you know, it's probably an emotional game. Gets a goal and an assist. So uh, these are two of the strongest teams in Syria. Definitely just didn't disappoint. Yeah, uh, just just a great game all the way around. Um, Atalanta and Uze both stay in the the top four after this result. Um, without looking at the table. Which two teams do you think are tied? I, I kind of gave it away already with Atalanta, I guess. So who's the other team with the, at least by by goals allowed, best defense so far this season in Syria? Um, Top mid or low table? Uh, they're in the top four as well with Atalanta. So really, really, I've made it. I've made it Lazio? For Lazio. Lazio. Only five goals conceded. Uh, Lazio, in fact, were... Um, the first team, I think, since the 50s, Fiorentina in the 50s, to win three straight Serie A games, 4-0. They beat Fiorentina 4-0 on Monday night. Um, you know, they've yeah. looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'll just say yeah. that. Uh, if they can get, if they can make it into a consistent thing, uh, I don't know. They're, Lazio, they're, they're, they're a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> that consistency is starting to show up, huh? <laughs> 
Weird, weird. You give uh, you give Richie Sorry some time with your team, and, and maybe he wouldn't <laughs> lose to Maccabi Haifa in the Champions League or whatever. Um, <laughs> Salernitana two, Hellas Verona one. I I wanted to include this because I know how much you love Salernitana. Uh, I know how much you're always talking about how good they are. Uh, <laughs> they're really the best team in Syria. Just people aren't on onto that wave yet. Um, really, it was it was just a a, a late game winner by Dia. Uh, just like popped into the side net, your boy Christoph Piatek uh, getting the, the scoring started in this one. Uh, this was a really fun game. You know, obviously both teams uh, so far this year, certainly Tana, I think, impressed a bit. Uh, Hellas Verona, I would say, have uh, flattered to deceive a lot. Have, have not been, have not been, uh, certainly not close to where they were last season, where they were really sort of top half of the table. Um, in fact, this game put them in the relegation zone. I, I really liked what I've seen from Solanitana this season. Um, I have to admit, maybe I was I was wrong about them coming into the year. Uh, you know, Davide Nicola came in, saved them from relegation pretty unexpectedly. Uh, they were a long shot to do it, and they've come into the season. I think I've just put together like better performances um, already this season. I could I could see them being more comfortable going into April and May than they were last season. Um, and it was it was a great winner. I love to the fans' reaction, uh, just like you could see what it meant to, to get those three points, uh, like great, like crowd surge and, uh, people going crazy. There's some red cards handed out at the end of the game, which you always love to see. I always love like when they're like walking off <laughs> and, uh, you know, like or they're, uh, they're arguing or protesting right at the end of the game and people get sent off and it's like, congrats. You just got, f you lost some money and you're you either got to sit in the stands next week if you're a manager or you got to sit in the, the, the top stance if you're a player now. Congrats. Uh, good job, Bozo. But uh, shout out to Slernitana uh, for, for a big, big win. Um, really liked what I've seen from them this season. And, you know, I, I, sometimes you got to tip your cap and say, maybe I was wrong. They, they seem like a, like a club that's taking small steps each season just to make sure that, you know, they build some consistency to stay in the league year in and year out. And they seem like they have the right pieces to do it. They've got some decent young talent, some good role players. Um, and, and, and my boy, I mean, they brought in their own Norwegian talent, uh, Eric Botheim. Uh, got junior Sambia on the team. I think that David and Nicola is doing the right thing with them. And, and now instead of having to fight to stay out of the relegation zone, now they want to, you know, make sure they stay in it comfortably. If that means they're only a few, you know, places above it, so be it. But they've kept a type of consistency to make sure that they stay in Syria again, and then they can build on that. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in Syria, I will give you 20 seconds to wax lyrical about Brian Diaz's goal against Juventus. It's not often I text you about certain goals and stuff. Uh, had I had to, I had to send you a text when I watched that goal because it was just uh, unreal, unreal Stupid. individual brilliance. Here's your twenty seconds. Say whatever you'd like. Oh man, uh, he's definitely shown a little bit of improvement in his game. I'll give you that much. I wouldn't be surprised if they try him out at right wing because of this. To be honest with you, um, absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't know how the hell it went in the net because he shot it right at the keeper's hands, but and we take him right. He's got he's got clay hands, uh, and I'm not talking. I'm talking after Ooh, the kill. That was scary. Tough tough scenes there. It was a great goal. One of the again, you know, if you look at like compilations of best goals of the season, this this will be in there. Like just a great individual oh, sure. 
individual run by uh, Brahim and um, big win for Milan, you know, uh, you know, because I'd honestly like him to try right wing. I think that that could be an option for them. Build some consistency off it. Yeah. Uh, Napoli won again this, uh, this week, uh, dispatching Cremonese. Um, here's how the, the, the top of the table looks in Syria right now. Still very tight. I mean, it, it's hard to separate these teams. It's still, you're still in the, the, the mode here where just one sort of screwy weekend you know, really changes the complexion of the top of the table. But uh, Napoli top with 23 points. Uh, they have some breathing room thanks to Atalanta's draw, who have 21 points sitting in second. Lazio in third with 20. Udinese in fourth with 20. Milan in fifth with 20. <laughs> it's just goal differential uh, separating those clubs there. Roma in sixth with 19. They had a, a nice win against Lecce over the weekend. But... Paulo Dybala uh, injured himself while taking the penalty. Um, it's a tough time of year to get injured to because uh, we're uh, a month away from the World Cup. Players really don't want to be missing out on that. Uh, so, <laughs> and Argentina, I mean, this is the last ride. Leo, Leo Messi said this is his last World Cup for sure. Um, so Dybala is certainly going to want to be playing a part in that. But um, yeah, Inter sitting in seventh with 15 points and your your relegation zone. Hellas Verona, Cremonese, Sampdoria. Sampdoria and Cremonese, still not a win. Not a win to their name to to this point in the season. Uh, it's getting uh, scary. <laughs> it's, it's scary. They're, they're digging a big, deep hole for them very fast. Stanley yelling that style. Just <laughs> like, ah, I got Shovel, a uh, shovel, shovel bad. length is deep. Jeez, <laughs> man. Like, it, like you, you see the top, like, five, six teams kind of pulling away from the rest of the pack. Only four points separate sixth and first. And then you're looking at this like, yeah, the Hellas Verona only has five points, but if it, 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 it's bad down there, man. No wins. Not even like more like I'm thinking like of the Mega Mind meme of <laughs> you know like no wins, <laughs> crazy dude. Like six losses each. Like they, not even getting draws out of a couple of them. It's just oh man, you hate to see it. Ring the alarms, I guess. Jesus. Yeah, this if this was a fire, this is a I don't know seven alarm fire. I think. <laughs> No, it's actually funny because I'm on the who scored like page for Syria and the video that was playing at the bottom, you know how they play those like videos the, uh, <laughs> it was about Sampdoria FBI agents watching us, Matt. Yeah. They, they hear every word. Um, I'm getting one. Uh, funnily enough about inter Barcelona in 2010 when uh, Mourinho went to the uh, Camp Nou and, uh, and silence the crowd. Let's just start right there because uh, it's not often you get a classic in the Champions League in the group stages because it just kind of, I don't want to say it means less, but the, the stakes are not quite as high. The stakes were very high today. In fact, I think that's why it felt uh, so tense because uh, if Barcelona had lost today, they would have been eliminated from the Champions League round of 16, which not only is a, a sporting loss, right? You know, not advancing. That's that's what you want to do. But also financially, Barcelona really needs to be in. <laughs> the Champions League really needs to be advancing. They're really, I think, counting on uh, counting on that that income. Uh, they've made their, their road much harder now with a 3-3 draw against Inter. Um, 
this was crazy, especially the last like uh, 10 minutes had a lot of drama. Uh, goes and scores, uh, goes three two up. He starts to celebrate and like run towards the opposite way, and then sees that pretty much the entire inter bench is cleared out and has run onto the pitch to celebrate. And they're all dancing. The coaches are like turning towards the crowd and giving them like the the hands. And um, I mean, it truly felt in that moment that they had just sunk Barcelona to the Europa League. Uh, so I can't really blame him too much for celebrating that way. But Robin Lewandowski finds a goal to at least breathe some life into uh, into Barcelona's Champions League hopes. They now have to pray that Pilsen can get some sort of result against Inter. Uh, but yet Barcelona will, will essentially need to be perfect the rest of the way in, in order to uh, in order to advance. And it, I mean, it, it's all been taken out of their hands. Talk about for Inzaghi, you know, what a, a boost this is, I, I think, in terms of, like, uh, just, like, confidence, you know, going there. And obviously it wasn't a win, but it's a big result, and, and it's one that really takes them a step into getting, uh, you know, into the knockout stages. I think when he saw this group, it would be, I think we even talked about it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Inter to get out of this. They've gotten really unlucky with the draw yet again. Um, but their, their chances have improved for sure. It, it seems odd to me, you know, given, you know, Inter's, you know, success in, in the Champions League and, and, you know, they've had a little bit of misfortune in the league so far, you know, out of a, out of a European spot, but barely, you know, it, it, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a close in, in the table, but yeah, it's a classic, man. It's a classic. I mean, is does it seem like Inter is taking the Champions League more serious than the league? I wouldn't say that necessarily. I just think that they've had, they've just had stronger performances. I think they've taken, I think they've played well in the league. That's what's been bizarre about Inter for me this season. I haven't actually thought they've been bad all that much. They just haven't had like, they also haven't been healthy, you know, in in some ways. They're still without Lukaku, which whatever, that's its own separate <laughs> thing. But, um, I, I just think I think Inzaghi's been a little bizarre with his like substitutions. We know all about his like yellow card stuff. Like that's that's very mm-hmm. obvious. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know I don't know what it is with Inter. Um, it's I mean it's typically historically been the opposite where <laughs> you know in in Europe they've, they've struggled, whereas in the league they've been more dominant. But um, they've always again I just think been a team that gets a little unlucky with the draws and has always been in the hard group and then last year they they get out of the group and they get Liverpool in the round of 16 you know um, so yeah I, I just think they've been a little unlucky this season I, I really expect them to rebound a little bit as the year goes on and I uh, can't forget you know they were really pushing for the title last season and it, again mm-hmm. just had a, a disastrous moment from a backup keeper and they win they win Serie A last season you know I, I, I really think um, shouldn't shouldn't quite like push that away from our view of them, but yeah, crazy craziness in Group C um, definitely uh, introduces a, a little bit of intrigue for Barcelona over the the next few weeks and uh, and how that gets dealt with. Speaking of uh, intrigue and watching on with horror, Juventus uh, lost to Maccabi Haifa. Um, this is what I was hoping for. This is what we prayed for. This is yeah. what. Uh, this is what we spend our time uh, wishing would happen. I pray um, for times like this. So, uh, yeah, immediately after the game, there's a statement that Allegri is is the manager and whatever. Uh, La Repubblica published a story about a bunch of players that are just completely out on Allegri and want to see him gone, that he only has like three um, 
guys that are still with him, like Chesney and, and Quadrado being being two of those players that uh, are still backing him and support him. But a lot of the players seeming to, to not be into the idea anymore. Even Paul Pogba, who's like not playing, is like, yeah, I'm actually not not selling this guy anymore. Um, I, I just, I don't know how much longer it lasts. It's it's felt like really for a large part of the season that uh, that Allegri should be gone. It's an embarrassing result and it's a disastrous one because now you still have Benfica and PSG to play to try and get out of this group. Um, they're another team. It's not quite as serious as Barcelona's like financial situation, but part of the reason that they, they can't fire Allegri, it seems, at least they say, is for financial reasons because they can't necessarily afford to pay out, uh, you know, a, a manager's uh, like uh, clause and, and, and their contract. So uh, by missing out on that extra Champions League revenue, that could be that could be tough. So it's, it's an interesting spot for Juventus. I, even in the last few years when they obviously haven't been as good and then they haven't been as dominant, they've not been like this. They've still like found a way to get the results to kind of like drag themselves through. I've called them like a zombie team in a way. Like they still find a way to like march on and at least like get somewhere. It's like, yeah, like they're obviously not challenging for the title, but they're still like a top 14. They're still making at least like the Champions League knockouts. Like I, I think this could be a really disastrous year for them. And I think they have to make some big changes uh, probably this season and, and this, this off season, because um I don't know how much longer you continue with this. This, this, it's stagnant now. I would say they're an extremely rich mid-table Serie A team. That's what they are right now. You know, uh, and and not even not even really extremely rich. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Juventus is just <laughs> falling back. Imagine, imagine. It gets so bad. Allegri's out and Nedved has to step down and like coach the team because he can't hire anybody. Well, apparently, I, I believe my friend Nedved is like not a fan of Allegri. Like Nedved is like pushing to move on. I think Nedved kind of sees the, the writing on the walls here. Mm-hmm. That. Nedved too, I think I think it's important to remember Nedved, obviously a very fantastic player in his own right. I always think there's a difference between guys, especially like recent players when they're in these like sporting roles and guys that are more just on the business side. I mean, I, I totally understand Juventus' opinion that financially it's hard for them to, to fire this guy and all this. But I also totally see Nedved's opinion of that like he knows, like he's been in these yeah, situations. That's true. No one's playing for this guy anymore. And it's it's just not going to get any better. You're going to have to fire him at some point anyway. It was going to last the, the other four years of his contract. No. You get like... And it is better. It is just truly better. Like we talked about with Bournemouth and Leicester. It is, sometimes it is better to just move on and, and prune the tree and let it grow in a, in a different way and, and hopefully in a better way too. Um, and I, I think I think they're overdue for that. I think they're overdue to, to, to clip these branches here because um, I just think Allegri, eh, I don't know what happens happens to him now either. I I. I I'm surprised at this. I he obviously was not known for being like totally progressive in his managerial ideas, but this has been a regression from him. I mean, truly, like, really needs to to alter his identity because I I don't know what is what has happened to him the last few seasons, but it has not not been the Allegri that that we grew accustomed to. I'm all into for Nedved becoming like uh, Ralph Ragnick and take on a sporting director slash managerial role. That'd be actually kind of cool to see. I, 
Maybe. I, I think he just seems like a Juventus lifer, um, and he has like a nice job, and he'll never really have to worry uh, too much about, about job security. Ralph Ragnick, shout out to him. Ultimate bag chaser. Remember when he was like the godfather of geek impressing? Um, remember when we like yeah, pretended that Ralph Ragnick... Remember when like everyone pretended like Ralph Ragnick was a good manager and was going to be better than Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola? Remember when everyone pretended that? Okay. I still do. Some genius, uh, right? <laughs> uh, Club Brewers qualify... Uh, we highlighted them last week. Qualify for the round of 16. Serious team. Simo Mignolet, 14 saves. Uh, what a legend. <laughs> a true hero of my heart. I will love Simo Mignolet uh, for, for the rest of my life. Uh, love that guy to pieces. And Mo Dom had the fastest Champions League hat trick ever today against Rangers. Six minutes and 12 seconds is all it took. And in fact, the ball was in play for, I think, only like two minutes and 43 seconds, um, which is just absurd. <laughs> like, that would be hard to do on like a five-a-side kind of field, That's you know, stupid. where it's just... I, I, Liverpool have been such a journey to, to watch this season uh, because they've had these explosions a few times. They've had these moments where they look really good. Uh, this team that has scored seven and nine goals in, a, in separate games this season uh, finds themselves near the bottom of the table. They're doing okay in the Champions League now, uh, but have been just so far off uh, what we expected. Um, very just hot and cold. I, I hope that this is a harbinger of things to come because they play Manchester City at the weekend. So it would be great. It'd be really great if we get Mosala from like last October. If we could get that guy back, I would be uh, I would be thrilled with that. But um, yeah. So shout out to Mosala, fastest Champions League hat trick ever, um, and poor Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know where they go from here. Rangers have conceded sixteen goals in uh, in the group stage th- so far through four games. Um, Napoli have scored seventeen. They beat Ajax again. They, uh, they have qualified for the, the round of 16 as well, and, and Liverpool took a big step uh, with, with their win today. Um, some positive results over the next two will make sure that they are also into the, the next round. So um, next week we'll, we'll obviously have like a lot more uh, teams that have been sorted out in terms of uh, um, in terms of like who's actually being qualified, right? Uh, I'm sorry, the week after. There's there's a one week break from the Champions League action, um, and then we'll we'll wrap up. But you know we'll start to know who's who's going through. We can start to theorize, and then uh, we'll also be like right on the doorstep of the World Cup, <laughs> which yeah. is uh got to start putting together that World Cup preview. You know, <laughs> start thinking Fun. about that. It's weird. It's weird to think about like you 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 were talking about Dybala's injury earlier, and like uh that that. The type of injury he, if at all, any type of injury he gets, that's not serious, quote unquote, you know, like at this point in the season could actually be a big deal given that the World Cup is in like two months. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, okay, he's he's out through Christmas. He'll come back in the new year. You know, we're chilling. Or like, oh, now he's missing the World Cup. Uh, it, it's going to affect that. Quite a bit. I'm I'm interested to see you know how that kind of stuff unfolds over the next month. But uh, yeah, man. My bad. I lost my train of thought. I'm out of it tonight, man. That's what happens when you turn uh, when you turn 29. Yeah. The- you get another year older, another 
another gigabyte of your memory lost. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta download more RAM from online. I think I saw a site somewhere where you can do that. Um, oh yeah, that makes sense. This, this weekend, if if you're looking for stuff to watch, you got uh, Liverpool, Manchester City. It doesn't have quite the same shine that maybe the last few seasons have had, where this has been, you know, a a title decider so to speak, um, even even early in the year. But it's still, it's it's a great game. I'm sure we'll still be entertaining. Not looking forward to watching my team play Erling Holland. Uh, it's like, it's like, it's like a, a game of roulette, but there are five bullets instead of one. <laughs> you know, you're sort of, uh, you're sort of just really hoping that you get extremely lucky and, uh, you know, <laughs> the odds are very much against you. Um, Leeds versus Arsenal. Uh, Sunday morning should be a good one as well. Uh, in England, let's kick over to Syria. What, what what good games have we got in Syria this weekend? We've been very blessed so far this season. I feel like every week we've gotten a, a pretty decent one. Uh, we've got Atalanta Sassuolo, not bad. Feels like the game of the weekend, I would say. Um, Dom Hellas Verona versus Milan. I, I'm sure you, you'll be really locked in for that one. And then Lazio Udinese, <laughs> probably probably game of the week actually. There, I don't know. How yeah, that's, I, that's I, I skipped over week. that one. Lazio Udinese Sunday morning. Uh, that's that'd be my recommended must-watch. Um, Put together two teams that have had a really strong start to the season, and I think we, uh, fairly or unfairly, have question marks about both those teams in some ways. Uh, so we'll you know, potentially get some answers there. You got the Turin Derby as well, Torino-Juventus, and that's actually a pretty well-matched team or a well-matched game. So Yeah, very uh, true. If, if you're looking for something that could cause some storylines to happen in the league, yeah, definitely watch that. I think uh, Torino would have the chance if they win that for leapfrogging Juventus. And I mm-hmm. think, I remember, I, I think that's just like, obviously not been something that has happened uh, in recent history. Uh, but I remember that being like a factoid. I, I, you know, I, I will do my research and come back with that uh, next week. You know, Juventus is the smaller of the two Turin clubs. Right. Uh, Dom, anything to, to plug or say before we get out of here? Uh, Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv slash a hairy ape follow me on twitter you see that on youtube below if you're listening it's at wash lifestyle yeah forza milan you love to, you love to see it you love to hear it uh we'll be back next week we'll be talking about those games that we mentioned uh and much more i don't know question mark uh <laughs> we'll talk to you next time uh hope you have a great day. <laughs>